welcome you on into another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. It's Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Bally here to give you the latest of what's going on in the sporting world. Mitch, good to be back with you again this week, my friend. Good to be back with you. Uh, a little bit warmer today as we record. And yes, I know we're inside people, okay, but it's been freezing outside. And if you don't realize that, then whatever you've been doing the entire time, keep doing it because don't go outside. It's cold. It is a little bit thawed outside, as you can tell from there, but it is going to be uh, somewhat chilly throughout the next couple of days. We're going to be in Canton once again for the OHSA state football finals. Uh, be sure to look us, us out for that and be sure to look up the podcast here during the next couple of days to get this uh, upcoming look out of what's going to be coming on this week. We want to start there. I mean, we want to touch on this topic. We touched on it in the uh, opening uh, segment of last Tuesday's episode, which, by the way, got a lot of traction with the clip that we put up on YouTube because we do clips about four clips per episode of our segments on YouTube. Uh, a lot of Maslin people kind of tracked onto that one. Uh, I, I made the conscious effort to put in Maslin's legacy on the line, even though I know it's probably not, it's not that dramatic. Uh, but clickbait, clickbait for clickbait's sake. And, you know, th- I think this is the best chance to have to win it, especially in a long time. So that's why I kind of figured, oh, if I get this going, maybe people will get out there. I was afraid, like, you know, some massive fans are going to be like, what do you mean our whole legacy? And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, just, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not serious about this. This is not, I mean, I'll say it. I'll, I'll say it. Be serious. Their legacy's on the line. I don't know if it's necessarily, but I do. I know that this class's legacy is on the line because a lot of these seniors are going out trying to accomplish the task that a lot of them would not have been able to get done their freshman year when they lost in the state finals against Hoban. So that'll be one that we look out for uh, again in their own stadium, which I know it's technically, it was technically a neutral game, when that happened, but I, I I couldn't have imagined. And that's not me crapping on Maslin. I'm saying like, I couldn't have imagined the pain of like losing the state final. Cause I never made it to the state final in anything. And then losing it in your own stadium in front of your own fans. That's I, I wouldn't wish that on my biggest rival in high school growing up, but that's not here nor there. Oh, I would. want to go over, I want to go over all the other games that uh, are going to be happening this weekend because Maslin and Hoban is tonight on Thursday. Uh, that'll be a good one to, to kick off the weekend. And then we have three games Friday, three games Saturday. And I want to go through all of them just to make sure that we have our bases covered. So I want to start off in division six, because this is very uh, similar or relevant to the game to the teams that we were covering this season, one of them being the Garway Pirates, who had an amazing run to the state final four, first time in school history. They ended up losing to Kirtland, who is now 14 and one on the season, and they will play 13 and two Versailles on Friday at 1030 a.m. I mean, Mitch, you talk about this being a, a program for Kirtland. This is their 12th state final appearance. In 13 seasons, there's a reason last episode I answered Kirtland on that fact of the day you had, and I was incorrect, but the Hornets are a real, real program. They've won six state titles, lost in the final five times. They're 12 and 0 in regional championships in that span. That's probably my most uh, impressive fact of all those. And, you know, this is a team that knows what to do, especially against Versailles. This, this is a rematch of the 2021 final in Division 5, which Versailles won 20 to 16. Uh, a loss that ended Kirtland's 55 game winning streak was at the time was the longest winning streak in the country, not just Ohio, in the country. This is a these are two teams that know what they're doing when they get here. Yeah, Uh you think so? I mean, they have 13 state championships between the two of them. Uh, this, I know that you have to, it's a scheduling conflict, right? I just, I hate a game starting at 1030 in the morning, right? 
these kids are not used to playing at 10 30 in the morning since they were what fourth fifth sixth grade and it's it's on a friday to me mitch the divisions yes in terms of d1 through d7 we know the bigger ones up top smaller ones at the bottom that shouldn't play a factor in if you go to watch a football game at this level because all these teams are so good and have something special about them whether it's a player whether it's a certain side of the ball but Kirtland and Versailles, what's special about them is they're just a powerhouse. And when two powerhouses go at each other, much like we're assuming what tonight's going to be in the Division II state championship game, I'm look, I had to make a promise for Friday that I have to help somebody move. If I'm done moving everything early, I'm I'm hauling my butt to Tom Benson to watch this game. Because I've first off, I've experienced a game at Kirtland before. Okay. I, I worked a game when I was interning somewhere. That place, it's a small, tight-knit community. And I swear, every Friday night there's a football game, Mitch, that entire town is shut down because they all go to the football game. These people love football. And Versailles, obviously, last upper hand when they played each other. I'm I'm very intrigued to see how this goes. I, I'll take Kirtland. Kirtland... 24-23. 24-23 is a close one. I mean, Kirtland's going in uh, with a number of good talents, such as quarterback, uh, sophomore quarterback Jake Laverde, who uh, he has thrown for over 1,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions this season. You also have Rockwell Ferry, who has ran for 25 touchdowns and over 1,000 yards and was a third-team All-Ohio running back as a junior. And he's probably going to be an All-Ohio one again this season. Also good on defense, 100 tackles, uh, averaging – 36 yards, 36.8 yards per punt as the team's punter. Uh, a number of other players in there. Will Beers, 19 total touchdowns, kind of a, a switchblade for uh for this team. And I mean, it, it's really unbelievable right now. As far as Versailles goes, you know, they were a prominent team in the 90s, won three state titles, had that re- state then state record 54 game streak. Uh, they have been able to kind of get back into the mix. We mentioned before they beat Kirtland a few years ago in the final. So I'm looking out for a number of names in there, including senior quarterback Michael Osborne. He, he He's uh, 28 combined touchdowns this year, eight interceptions. And then you have Joe Garrett, who's 26 touchdowns on the year, 23 on the ground. So this is going to be a game in which I think the two teams are going to excel very much in rushing. As far as my prediction for the game, I, I don't really know. I mean, it could be... It'll probably be a higher scoring game than I you think than I, but I'm gonna say Versailles. Oh, because that defense is just so good. They've only given up eight point seven points per game. I think it could be like thirty to twenty eight, and it could be thirty, maybe thirty one twenty eight, and Versailles could be the one to take down Kirtland. But it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be close uh, here in the in the uh, second game of the slate. Division three's game will be Toledo Central Catholic against Columbus Bishop Watterson Friday at three p.m. I mean, I don't really know who to take here, Mitch. Going through some of the stuff that we have been covering about Central Catholic all season. I mean, they had a have a 30-game winning streak on the line Friday night. They won the Division II state title a year ago. Now they could potentially win in Division Three. And this is this is again, this is another program that knows how to get the job done. This is they were able to beat Hoban last year in the division three state finals. And, you know, this is a lot of what is making 
it's a lot of what makes this team so prominent year in and year out. Yeah, Mitch, I I think a team that's 15 and 0 riding a 30 game winning streak looking to repeat obviously has shown they handle everything about their business and I don't see a way in which Bishop Watterson is able to stop this TCC team. I I just the, their record isn't what is staggering. It's the way they've won games, it's who they're playing. Their their last loss, Mitch came to a school named Lakewood St. Ed's. Uh, last time I checked, they're pretty good. We'll get to them in we a might, bit, yep. We might be talking about them here, yeah. They they just keep going, and this is a team that for a number of years, in uh, 15, they were runner-up, reached semifinals in 16, 17, 19. They finally break through, and now you see what's going on here. I I just like Toledo Central Catholic, and uh, I don't think it's close. 41-20. Forty-one to twenty, Central Catholic. Yep. Okay, because I'm looking at this Waterson team. This is their sixth state final in which they uh, are been competing uh, with the last appearance coming in 2010 when they won their second title. They're they're still a solid team, and I think what's going to be a big part in the game is the defense. Uh, the defense has been very solid all season. They've been led by a Navy commit who was also a finalist for Mister Football this year, and that will be announced later on this week. By the by, the way, we mentioned uh, on Big Ten Sports Ohio.com. Uh, Poochie Snyder, one of the finalists for Mr. Football. I think we, I think we mentioned in the last episode. If not, we are doing it now because that's going to be that's huge for a Canton South uh, player of all the players in the state. Anyway, Dominic Purcell is the name of the guy who from Columbus Bishop Watterson, who's going to Navy. The guy who has led this Eagles defense all season. They're giving up an average of around nine point five points per game. Purcell has thirty eight tackles for loss, eight sacks, five interceptions, two of them for pick sixes. Uh, he has blocked two punts and he has four touchdown receptions as a tight end. So he's not like the probably the number one receiving target, but he's definitely a guy that can work his way in there. You got uh, 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 guys like AJ McKinnick as a senior quarterback who was, uh, long, uh, was on the all district first team with Purcell, who was a central district's defensive player of the year. Uh, gosh, I mean, this is. Oh, um, I, you know what? I'll say Central Catholic will probably still win, but I think Watterson's going to at least make it a competitive game because of that defense. If they can keep it, uh, Central close in the first half, then maybe something can happen there. But I'm still say Central will win, but who knows what will happen here on Friday. Next game, we have uh, Springfield and Lakewood St. Ed's and the Nightcapper on Friday in Division One. We'll get to St. Ed's in a second, Mitch. Let's talk about the Springfield team. Springfield was 5-5. Five and five heading into the start of these playoffs. They were the 12 seed in their respective region, and they beat Cincinnati Moeller 26-19 in overtime last week in Pequot to advance to Canton for the third year in a row. Now, this is the third straight matchup between them and St. Ed's in the championship. St. Ed's has had the advantage in the last two. They won 23-13 uh, two years ago. 28 to 14 last year. I don't know if they're going to be able to break through this time. Part of me kind of hopes they do for their sake. It's going to be tough, but that defense does bring a lot to the table. It's going to be tough. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I, this is nothing against Springfield. It's just that there's nobody right now that's playing better football than St. Ed's. It's, it's a fact. 
But at the same time, you look at this, this team was three and five after week eight. Okay. Do you think in the back of their heads at all, they were thinking state championship run? Cause I don't, and maybe someone will tell you they did, but odds are at some point they're probably like, eh, okay, maybe not. They go and win week seven and 10, they go five and five. They get in and they've all they've done is won five straight or really seven straight, but five since the season ended. They're 10 and five back here, third straight year. You know what the saying is, Mitch? Third time's charm. But not this year. No. I, I think St. Ed's, unfortunately, is going to do it. I mean, Springfield, look, they're looking for their first state title still. Three straight years are going to be at, at this exact moment on the same stage against the same team. But uh, from what I remember, and if, if I am out of context here, it's possible, but I, I'm pretty certain I remember this, you know, Springfield's coach had some comments after one of the games over the past two years against St. Ed's about public versus private schools. Well, here we go again, third straight time. You wonder, does he have something else to say if if Springfield doesn't come out on top? Um, I, I, I'm intrigued by this game, though, Mitch. I really am. I think Springfield right now is playing with house money, right? Like I, I mentioned, do you think anybody thought they'd be here after week eight at three and five? I don't. I don't think so. Do you think many, many people saw him beat Moeller last week? I don't think so. Well, it's because this team has been here the last two years. I definitely think people thought they could still compete. It, the issue is when you get to that three and five mark, you're thinking to yourself, okay, we're put at a disadvantage. Where, especially in the early parts of the playoffs, you as the higher seed will be playing at other people's stadiums. Yeah. And the fact that you were able to take down not one but two home teams in the postseason is impressive. Once you get to neutral site play. I mean, this is the, what is it? The, this would be the first time an 11 and five team would win the state title since the playoffs expanded three years ago. The last uh, team division one team to win a state title after a five and five start was Cincinnati St. Xavier back in 2016. So it's possible, but Springfield's got a lot on the table here tonight. They take on a St. Ed's team that is just, this is a team that has been here before three straight uh, potential third straight state, uh, state title. This would be their fifth under head coach, Tom Lombardo. Um, they have a number of Division One talent on their team, uh, uh, players on their team. Michigan right, to, uh, soon to be Michigan right tackle Ben Robach, Devontae and Deontay Armstrong. Uh, they'll be going to Ohio State. They uh, Casey Bullock, a Davidson commit. Casey Bullock did not play, by the way. The starting quarterback did not play in uh, two starts midway through the regular season, including their only loss of the season to Maslin. So. Uh, he's kind of, kind of working with that hurt knee all season. Thomas Sanyi, who was uh, playing in his absence, uh, has been playing for most of the playoffs. Brandon White has emerged as a top running back for them. The offensive line has been doing some good things. White had a good game against Moeller in week nine, 262 rushing yards. Uh, he also had 217, three touchdowns uh, last Friday uh, in the Eagle State semifinal victory against Mansfield. So, uh, that, that's that or against Hilliard Bradley, excuse me, in Mansfield. So I don't know, man, this, this, it's going to be that offensive line. That's going to have to protect the, the offensive um, role players for, for St. Ed's. I think yeah. St. Ed's will win too, but Springfield, they might do something here. They, they uh, might just do something here. I hope they do for their sake. Mitch, uh, I just want to ask you though, uh, how nice must it be to be the backup quarterback and realize you're going to go behind pretty much an NFL offensive line when you're playing quarterback? I mean, you know, it's, I mean, it has to be just, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking like, 
how great would it be to be in the shotgun and realize you have an, two Ohio State commits, a Michigan commit? I do believe they have another highly touted uh, recruit on that line that has not yet picked a school. It's like, I mean, people, you've seen the graphic on Twitter of of the size of these players in the offensive line. I mean, that's such a luxury to have. And that is another reason why I think this gives Ed's an advantage because you have to win the line of scrimmage. And um, so far this year, I, I don't think many teams have been able to even affect the line of scrimmage against St. Ed's other than Maslin. Other than Maslin. So then we go to uh, Saturday's first game, Maria Stein, Marion local against Downton in that 1030 slot that you love. Mary, uh, you talk about, dynasty in this is football this this team as you mentioned in the fact of the day last week since 2000 what was the the number again because my notes here are, are failing they've won me. 13 they are looking tomorrow when they take the field they'll be looking to capture their 14th state title i believe since 2000 they have won their last 47 games going into uh saturday and only three times this year have they scored below 30 points Two of them were, it's kind of like with Canton South. Uh, we mentioned on the show, I think I mentioned on the show last week. Now, two of them were close 29 to 26 against Wapakoneta in the opening game, and then 14 to 13 against Versailles, uh, in week six. This is they're just blowing out opponents, they're just steamrolling through everybody. Uh, although they this isn't like the same team necessarily over the last couple of years, they've had some new guys here that have, have been able to step up. Um, they're only allowing 6.4 points per game and they've allowed seven points in the postseason total total so Dalton's got a lot on on their plate going into this game I mean Dalton is one of the only two teams without a state title appearance uh game appearance before this week so I mean they they've been winning uh, big games too they beat Caldwell 55 to 7 in the state semifinals this is a team that knows how to score going right into the final uh, their only loss of the season was to Kirtland by a single score back in week one. So they've been rolling. They have some good offensive pieces. Their defense can put up some good performances. What do you got to do, though, to beat a team where it feels like these players for Maria Stein and probably their brothers and older brothers and probably their cousins and maybe even their fathers, who, who even knows at this point, have experience in this championship game? I think this is really going to come down to I, – I see this game going one of two ways, Mitch, I, and I'll go with the first one for Dalton's sake. They're going to have to turn this into a track meet. If Dalton's offense, which you mentioned, they just scored 50 uh, – what was it, 55 Five, points? Seven, yep. Yeah. They can score, but the question is, what does the defense that they've been going up against look like compared to this team that's allowing six points per game? And so if if Dalton can score, Mitch, this very well could be the most entertaining game of the weekend. I mean, look, when you when you take into account a team going for their 14th in 23 years versus a team here for the first time ever, the experience factor obviously is with Maria Stein. There's no way around that. It, it, let's just call for what it is. I mean, this coaching staff's been here every year. Um but for Dalton, and you know, they call it the, the dream season. I, you never want to say it, it's over, right? You never want to say this team's automatically going to win. Like, I can't sit here and guarantee you St. Edwards is going to win. I can't sit here and say Madison or Hoban or anybody else. But like, I can tell you, I think it's a good chance. I think Maria Stein is is by far the more tested team. 
more experienced team and, and they just have that leadership of, of knowing what it's like here. But sometimes Mitch, not having any experience can be the best thing ever because you know what? This is where you can say, this is it. This is our last game of the year. We can pull out all the stops here. We can run anything we want. It doesn't matter because if we lose or we win, our season ends here because this is the final game. And I think you might see Dalton kind of get tricky a little bit. I like I'm I'm not saying onside kick to start the second half, but do you remember when the Saints did an onside kick to start the second half against the Colts and it caught everybody off guard in the Super I Bowl? Do. Yeah. I'm talking things like that. Like, is Maria Stein going to be ready for it? Who knows? Or t- have teams tried it against them? Probably not, because you know what you're going up against. So for Dalton, to me, this has been a phenomenal season, much like Canton South's run came to an end uh last last week. But you have nothing to lose. You don't. And so sometimes that's the most dangerous team you can play at this point in the season. When we talked about all these other matchups so far, right? We talked about these teams that have records that are going for this and trying to do this and that, whatever. For Dalton, you're playing with house money and they should have more fans there. I would assume with this game being closer to Dalton than it is Maria Stein, Marion local. I do think Maria Stein wins this game. Earlier this week, I actually had a blowout. And I'm going to rescind that and tell you I don't have a score prediction right now because I do think Dalton can – it's going to be can Dalton's offense go up against Maria Stein defense. And this could be a game where it's whoever has the ball last. This could also be a game where if Maria Stein's defense is as good as it's advertised to be, that it, it could get away fast for Dalton. I'm 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 kind of with you. I think Maria Stein's going to win it, but I, don't, I think it's going to be one of those scores that it's a wide margin, but it's not considered – a traditional blowout. I'm, yes. I'd say, yes, twenty-eight to ten. Okay. I, like so that. originally, uh, I still have it here, but I this is not this is not my score prediction for the game. I'd like to on record for that. I, I did have forty-two to twenty-four. Hmm. Okay. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as that. I mean, you're talking that's sixty-six points combined right there. But I do think Marion Stein walks away a winner in this game. But I, I really like what Dalton, like I said, they can play free and easy. They should play free and easy. When you see the team you're rolling up against and when you realize it's the first time here, have fun with it. And sometimes those are the most dangerous teams. Absolutely. So we have a pair of unbeatens in the Division 5 final coming at 3 yeah. p.m. Saturday. Perry against Liberty Center. Now, I don't know about Perry's history in the tournament, but I do know that Liberty Center was last here in 1998. They won the Division Five title in 1997. Uh, they've won eight regional titles over the last two seasons. They, they've done very well this year, especially on offense, averaging over 44 points per game. Uh, they've been Last week, they were able to break through with a 14-10 win over Germantown Valley View, so it wasn't a high-scoring game. Then you look at... Uh, uh, the talent that they have. You have Colton and Trenton Cruz, the leading rushers for the Tigers, who run a wing T offense, so it's going to be very ground-based. Colton Cruz, uh, over 1,600 yards, 28 touchdowns, 1,200 yards, 22 touchdowns. That's a dynamic I've, I've noticed here since I st- I've started going to the state finals uh, for years now. It's very fascinating when you see a lot of it. Like a lot of these, these teams we will see maybe run-based because it's very hard to find a consistent quarterback in in – any school let alone like even these schools that like have this these waves of talent yeah it's always fascinating to see it when 
a very run-based team makes the state finals, do you think to yourself, oh, you got to be balanced or you got to have a great air attack when you get to the championships? Some of these teams, they get to the finals and they're just running, 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 no mixing it up, no passing game. And it's like, wow, this, this, is, how you, this is how you've done it. Mitch, to your point, look back to last year. In that game that Hoban lost to Toledo Central Catholic, Hoban was trailing. You know what they did to get back in the game? They gave the ball to Mr. Ohio, Lamar Spurley. Yeah. And he was a running back. And you know what he did? He got them all the way back into that game. It's at this point, you give the ball to your best players and you say, let's go. You have to stop our best. We have to stop your best. And so that's what is is the best about this. And and uh, this is Perry's first appearance, uh, I do believe. They're okay. looking for the yeah, first so. title ever. Uh, to your point, this is uh, the first time or they're looking for their second state title since 97 when they won it okay. uh, Liberty Center. Mm. Th- this is th- th- this is crazy because I feel like I've said it twice already. This could be the game. I, Mitch, when you look at all these games across seven divisions, right? We know the marquee matchup is the game tonight in Division Two. Okay. And if you didn't know, go on social media. CBS Sports has been already talking about this game as their game of the week across the country. Um, in between Archbishop Akron Hoban and Maslin, not Massillon, uh, Maslin. Uh, yeah. I, and, look, uh, I, I was amazed they uh, talked about the game in the first place. So it's, yeah. That, that's that, that too. But uh, from what I have here in terms of what I'm, I'm predicting, this is actually going to be the closest game right beside uh, Kirtland and Versailles. Uh, this is another one point game I have. I have Perry getting their first ever state title 21 to 20. I think that'll be the case. I think they have a, an offense that can overcome what the Liberty Center defense has done this year. The Liberty Center defense is allowing seven point points per game. They have not allowed more than 14 points in any game this season. Uh, there is a guy that I'm very interested in seeing. There are actually two players. One of them is Jaden Studio, who's ran for over 13 yards a series, committed to Kent State to play football. That's good. Uh, and then senior Braden Richards. You want to talk about speed? This man is a Lightning McQueen of high school football players. This man won the yeah. Adidas National Championship in the Decathlon this past spring in Greensboro. He was first place in six events. He was sec- The only uh, event he was second in was the long jump and the 100-meter dash. He is all Ohio in track, football, and basketball, and he's committed to Air Force to run track. That man can run. And if he runs around these uh, Liberty Center, Center defenders, they might have a tough time keeping up for an entire game. That could lead to Perry getting their first ever championship, which would be big. Shout out to Perry, by the way, because they are one of my most viral moments in my early days as a broadcaster. I did a basketball game. uh, What was it? Two years ago. It was a girls basketball tournament game. It was them and Salem. I can't remember the girl's name, but she made about a 30 some footer for three off the backboard to win at the buzzer. And that was one of my most like viral calls. Like it got a bunch of traction on. So shout out to that school for giving me a chance to come and uh, call your game. The other thing I think that helps Perry in this game, Mitch, is their head coach, uh, who's been here now for in his third year, 36. Bob Guesswitch, yep. He was at Dublin Jerome. He has prior state championship game experience as the quarterback's coach at Marion Local. Look at that tie. The other we already talked about this, a, a team that's here. So in terms of a team making it for the first time, that's always, you know, it's a new experience, but having somebody that's been there before, I think is also another reason I kind of lean Perry, a coach that's been there experienced. It knows what it takes. And obviously he knows what it takes and has experienced that you don't just go to a school and start out 36 and uh, six in your third year. Uh, this has been a tremendous run by Perry and uh, uh, their coach. How'd you say his last name? 
Yes, a witch. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming yes, that's how you say it because I'm just basing it off of my first uh, look at it. Uh, Coach Casey Moeller is in his seventh season and has a 76 and 14 record for Liberty Center. And finally, we have the Division Four matchup. We saw him last week, the Tar Blooders of Cleveland Glenville High School going up against Kettering Archbishop Alter. Uh, all I know about all I knew about Kettering Archbishop Alter before uh, this week was as as in terms of school, not just the football team, was that they were the team that LeBron and St. V's beat in this senior year to win the national title. But St. V's won a basketball title a few years ago. They are looking for their third state title in football. They beat Cincinnati, Wyoming last week, 17 to zero, and they beat Steubenville 48 to nothing. They've allowed nine points in five playoff games, three of them shutouts. This defense can do some serious damage, including senior linebacker Henry Reifschneider, uh, who has done some great things. He's a first-team All-Southwest District uh, selection, had 138 tackles, 12 for loss this season, uh, or at least entering the Steubenville round. Uh, he had 21 tackles in the regional semifinals against Clinton Massey. So the guy can move around well. Uh, that's that's yeah. a team that's uh, been in Canton quite a number of times. Clinton Massey, Mitch. Uh, that's a, that's not a little pushover game. And for them to win 21 to three and have, I mean, 21 tackles. That's absurd. That that's that's a lot. Meanwhile, on offense, junior quarterback Gavin Connor uh, set the school record this season for career passing yards uh, through the regional finals. He had 1,400 passing yards this season, 12 touchdowns, three interceptions. He can also run around a little bit, 502 rushing yards, five scores there. Uh, Noah Jones, the top running back for the team, over 1,100 yards, 16 touchdowns, had a 124-yard game recently. Uh, this offense can do some good things. You have Carter Sheets. Uh, uh, as one of the top receivers there, you also have, uh, what was the name? Russ. Um, uh, I'll look it up here in a second, but the point is offense can go. They can do some good things. Now they're going up against this, um, Glenville squad that looked tough against Canton South this past Friday. And I mentioned the, uh, a lot of these run heavy teams that get to the state final. This is kind of one of them. Deshante Jones is serious. The man can run. The man can rush up the middle. The man can get around defenders with these juke moves that he can do. He scored 26 touchdowns this year, 22 of them obviously on the ground, 1,500 rushing yards, 131 carries. Yeah, this is not only a rushing offense that can do some serious damage. I like what I see from uh, um, the quarterback, Rule Tomlinson, even though he's not like throwing for 40 times a game. He's a big kid. He's a big, a good basketball star that can, you know, be able to run uh, for big plays and make big plays that can get uh, some energy going for the Tar Blooders. And of course, talk about some of these recruits that they have. Demarion Witten going to Ohio State. Bryce West, who I don't even know if he played in the game last week with an injury, but he he he's serious he, business too. He, he's missed the last two games, and yes. uh, it does it it does look like he will be missing again. Mm. Uh, but I, does it really matter? Because Deshante Jones has certainly not made it noticeable, the drop-off between the two at running back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th this team, Mitch, is – so last year, Cleveland Glenville, led by, uh, you know, legendary coach Ted Ginn Sr., they finally got that first state championship, which was the first for the greater uh, Cleveland schools up there. This team – has a couple losses, but you look at their schedule, Mitch. They played IMG Academy this year. They played Akron Hoban. They lost both those games. But at the same time, you you pick up a loss in your record. 
but you lost to damn good football teams. I mean, IMG Academy just that's one of the best in the country. Yeah. And, and I, I give major props to teams like this because when you return a majority of those guys, you have two options. Let them go, do their own thing, see if they get back there, or you test them. And and Ted Ginn Sr. tested this team, and they're right back here again. And I I really do believe that they are back here again, and they're going to win it again. And so the senior class that missed their first season in 2020 is now going to potentially end their career with back-to-back right. state championships. I got confused when I saw that first sentence. I'm like, wait a minute. They already won last year. They were the first Cleveland uh, Metropolitan School District's team to win a state football championship in the postseason era of the OHSAA. But, uh, yeah, they'll be able to kind of finish their careers out on a high note, potentially. A lot of those guys are going off once again to big programs. I mean, we talked about uh, West, talked about Witten. Uh, yeah, they'll be without West for the final game. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Jones is not committed, by the way. So, But he's got like 13 offers, including like Kentucky and Army and Ohio and a whole bunch of other teams. The big thing is the defense, too, because they had seven sacks and 12 tackles for loss in the regular season. They didn't get to Snyder as much as I thought they would in terms of sacks last week, but they did have enough pressure on there to where Snyder didn't look as comfortable as he had throughout the season. So if they can apply pressure to a junior quarterback for Alter, then that could be that could be something interesting. And I forgot to mention, of course, one of my favorite tidbits. Uh, this is not my fact. Of the, well, it's my fact today. It's not it doesn't have to be yours. Uh, jo- uh, Deshante Jones, the running back for the Tar Blooders, the nephew of former Ohio State quarterback Cardale Jones. So there's a lot of connections there. And of course, the big Ohio State connection, uh, Ted Ginn uh, Sr. and Troy Smith, obviously, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I. I know it's junior. So then we go over now. That's pretty much it. That's all the games that we have for uh, this coming week. Hey, Star County, it's your friends from the local board of mental health and addiction recovery. And we have a challenge for you. We're asking you to create a new habit and check in on someone every day. Nothing fancy, just a simple text, phone call, or note on social media to ask someone how they're doing. You don't have to be a professional. You just have to ask and then listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Text for hope to 741-741 anytime, day or night, or dial 988. Brought to you by Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like nugs without the sauce. <gasps> or a frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level A. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. Think Ferris. Where you matter. You matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. 
Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care. Where you matter. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young and Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostrand Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. Ride into the future to win great prizes. Can you see into the Sarda crystal ball? Guess how we'll be innovating and adding new services to make your Sarda experience better than ever. Try your luck with the What's Next at Sarda contest at sardanext.com. One grand prize winner will win free bus rides for six months. Runners-up will win great Sarda merchandise like a Bluetooth speaker water bottle, backpack, and tumbler. And don't worry, they're all multiple choice questions. All part of Sarda 2.5. Happy Sardiversary! So, yeah, be sure to uh, tune into the games. Find us there. If you see us and hear the podcast, you know, say hey to us. You know, you know, we're just going to be there hanging out and doing whatever we need to do to enjoy ourselves for a weekend of just watching football games. It's going to be cold, but, you know, some of the we, we kind of go out from out indoors, outdoors. There's like some sections we go into in there as well. It's going to be a fun time, nevertheless. So it'll be good. Uh, as far as the rest of the show goes, kind of go through some of these topics here. Uh, the Browns look like they might have another starting new starting quarterback this week. I'm kind of hoping they do. There was that thing yesterday. I said that Joe Flacco was uh, elevated to number two on the depth chart with DTR dealing with the concussion protocol this week. This game against the Rams, I'm kind of hoping, Mitch, and I can't believe this is, again. This is a sentence I'm saying that five years ago I would have thought, what the hell are you saying right now? I need Joe Flacco to start for the Browns on Sunday. I didn't think that was possible, but DTR looked fine against Denver. I'm not going to say he looked great because once he got into that second quarter groove, I'm thinking, okay, maybe there's something here. Maybe he's getting more comfortable. Then you take a big hit on that one play, as we mentioned before, should have been a penalty. And I don't get the people who said that it shouldn't have been. When you're dealing with the concussion protocol, I think it's better to stay safe than sorry. And with this case, Joe Flacco may not have been have been with this team for very long. I think it's only been what I mean, what a little over a week since he first signed with the team. And you're coming in on, on a new system. This isn't like a returning backup that you had before, like a Jacoby Brissett, for example. You have to pretty much learn a new system. But I, I think he's probably learned enough in this time that if we go out on Sunday with a, a simple enough system to where it's not overwhelming for a 38-year-old veteran quarterback. I don't think he should be struggling out there. I'd rather just see him take hold and just see if we can compete against this Rams team. I know that they, I said last week, they played Arizona, so it's not that impressive, but this team can score, and we need to score in order to be able to keep up with them because the defense is a little banged up as well. Yeah, it certainly is. And I think that's my biggest concern going into the game. I think for for Flacco, if he starts, he's going to have to be more of a game manager for the first time in a long time, maybe ever in his career, rather than be the guy that you have to rely on. Uh, and his age doesn't bother me when you see some of these other quarterbacks still playing, but it is because he's so fresh to this team. You know, 
his his last touchdown pass, Mitch, was against the Browns in week it was, two yes. of last season. Yes. He is not even close to what he used to be when he was in Baltimore. Do we need him to be, though? We just need him to take care of the football. We need him to make smart decisions. And I would hope that the offensive game plan is set up around that. But more importantly, is Denzel Ward going to play? Because this is a Rams team that has some pretty good wide receivers. Cooper Cup, obviously, we know what type of receiver he is. Puka Nakua has burst onto the scene this year. Now he's been quiet his last few weeks. That's fine. Uh, he's been quiet because of the emergence of Tutu Atwell. And, I mean, th- these are three wide receivers that they may not be the top wide receiver in football, but they can beat you. They have Tyler Higby, Kyron Williams, at running back who just came back. The reason I'm concerned is because you look at what Denver did last week. Yes, one of their scores was off of a fumble for us deep in their own their own territory. That's, you know, whatever. But Sean McVay, I, I mentioned this in the episode earlier this week, is an offensive guru, offensive genius. You know, all the talks always about him and, and Shanahan and, and now Mike McDaniel in, in Miami. I, I am concerned about what he could possibly scheme up against this Browns defense. Because to me, this is a coach that I think could scheme something up that we have not seen yet and the defense hasn't seen yet. He's from the Kyle Shanahan tree. That doesn't mean much. Okay. I, I mentioned that because Jim Schwartz record against Kyle Shanahan as a defensive coordinator is incredible. And we already beat the Niners, but just because you're from the same tree doesn't mean you run the same exact style of offense. And how effective is miles going to be? I know he's day to day, but he's banged up obviously. Okay. You don't leave a, you don't leave a, a, stadium in a sling and just magically you're okay as soon as they say you're day to day the other thing mitch i don't care how old he is can this offensive line that is down two starting tackles stop aaron jones or aaron donald if he if he wrecks this game much like i said the browns cannot afford tj watt to wreck that game in cleveland two weeks ago if he's a game record, the Browns will be out of this game very quickly. If they can control that, if they can control the time of possession and keep the ball away from the Rams by running the football, then the Browns are absolutely going to have a shot. The, the other silver lining is it's a road game on the schedule, but we do know that when you go play in LA, whether it's the Chargers or Rams, that is not a true home field advantage because of how easy it is for people to, one, get access to fly into LA to go to these games, and two, the the want for football and the desired route for football teams is not as great in Los Angeles as it is everywhere else in the NFL. Uh, that's a fact. I mean, you remember when the Rams played the Niners a few years ago in the playoffs? They said there was more Niners fans there. You watch these games. And first off, Browns fans are everywhere. So I do expect this to have a very good population of Browns fans in attendance. They got to get to Matt Stafford. They got to hit him. They got to put him on the ground. If they're going to run the ball and beat you, that's fine. I'm not concerned about these running backs beating us on the ground. Uh, Cooper Cup is, is the first guy you got to stop, and that's why if Denzel Ward is out, I am concerned. If Denzel Ward plays and he's effective, the Browns have a shot, as long as Joe Flacco doesn't turn the ball over. I'm with you. I think Flacco should start, especially because of how young DTR is. You don't want to mess with a concussion. You typically see these young guys come back from concussions. Unfortunately, get them again. Um, and so you want to you want to protect DTR at all costs. Now, if he's cleared, I also wouldn't mind him just being the backup quarterback this week because of his lack of practice. 
you, you know, I mean, he has not practiced as, as of Wednesday. I don't know if he practiced yesterday. Yeah. And Joe Flacco go back to the Super Bowl MVP, Joe Flacco for six regular season games. And then, you know, three, four, five playoff games, maybe, please, kind of. I don't know. I'm nervous. I am. Uh, th- this is old Browns fan in me, nervous, thinking the season's crumbling before us. Um, I will go on record right now. If the Cleveland Browns lose this game and we don't suffer any more injuries, I do fully expect them to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars the next week in Cleveland. I can see that. I with how this game, how the season's gone right now, it's just don't ask me why. It's just my gut feeling. Um, I, I'm going to lean lean Rams right now though this weekend, which sucks because they had to go one on one on this road trip. Yeah, because you're not going to get much help this week. I mean, the Steelers play the Cardinals; they're probably going to win that. Although, if they were to let down that game, that'd be funny. Did, did you right there? The reason I'm also so scared of, of the season, the Steelers next four games are i know i mean they they them or miami have to have the easiest next three four games in the nfl it's it's scary because i think it's a very real possibility the steelers are going to get to 11 wins this year uh arizona i know they have the patriots in the next week on thursday night football al michaels we are so sorry we i mean we are so sorry you're gonna have to do that game uh, then they go to Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor now out for the next couple weeks, and they come home and play the Bengals again. Mitch, I, I three and one at least probably for the Steelers in that, in that four game stretch. Uh, that that's another reason why I am worried about the Browns because if they start to drop a few games, I don't see the Steelers losing their next four. Yeah, because the Ravens aren't giving up the division. The Bengals are playing the Jaguars this week, so it's, it's something. Yeah, the ba- that's Bengals are done though. The the Bengals to me are irrelevant. They're so? they're not. They're not going to get yeah. anywhere. That offense isn't um, great. So. No, and and that's nobody's fault. When you have an injury, suffered your star quarterback like Joe Burrow did, uh, that's that's nobody's fault. You don't prepare for that. Um, only way you can really prepare for being without your quarterback is if you know he's suspended, and even that's not easy. Yeah, the Bengals, the Bengals are done. They're they're not a factor anymore. The Browns have to take care of business. Vive Auto Sales, located on West High Avenue in New Philadelphia and Cleveland Avenue in Canton, is a used car dealership committed to getting financing for everyone. We give every customer that walks in our showrooms a prime buying experience, no matter their credit score or financial situation. Current inventory can be viewed at www.wefinancenow.com. Check out our Facebook pages for the most up-to-date information about upcoming events and promotions happening at Vive Auto Sales. Are you trying to increase your speed, quickness, vertical leap, and agility? If so, NST Sports Performance is for you. NST trains athletes ages 5 through pro. NST designs each program specific to the athlete's needs, goals, and sports. For more, visit nstsports.com. Locations in North Canton and New Philadelphia. It's nstsports.com. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. 
The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y. The Furby Electric Supply Company. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison Counties, and more. So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website, albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world, get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for introduction to beekeeping, basic small engine repair, and sign language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. Have you checked in on someone yet today? This is your reminder, a simple text, call, or message. You don't have to be a professional to check in. You just have to ask and listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Dial 988, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a message from Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. Going to this topic, do you care about the NBA in-season tournament? Yes and no. Am I sitting down to watch it? No. Cavs, yes. Let, sorry, let me let me rephrase that. Am I sitting down to watch other teams outside of the Cavs? No. Am I sitting down to watch the Cavs play in it? Yes. I do kind of like. I feel like we're seeing different styles of basketball this season, because, and actually, I had this conversation at work yesterday, Mitch. People did not know, it's five hundred thousand dollars per player and coach. There's people out there who thought it was $500,000 for the team, and you split that up amongst everybody. No, $500,000 per person on that team and staff. That's a lot of money, okay? Like, look at Craig Porter, who, by the way, stunned. That is over double of what he's going to make this year. That's a lot of money. And he's not – I'm using him as an example because there's guys in every single NBA roster that are in his spot or are on lesser guaranteed contracts that they need that money because it is life-changing money. It is. And so it's been interesting because I look at a team like the Indiana Pacers and I look at who their coach is in Rick Carlisle. And he was in Dallas for so long and so successful playing a certain way. It's almost like Mitch Rick Carlisle said, you know what? I'm going to be your coach. I'm going to insert myself here, but, this is our strength here. 
of running gun pretty much. I mean, this team is putting up ungodly numbers offensively. They had 136 points in a game uh, in a in season tournament game. Then you look at other teams that are just playing their style of basketball, like the Lakers. It, it It's interesting. I just, my issue actually goes with what Darius Garland spoke on the other night after the game against the Hawks. For those that aren't aware, there's groups A, B, and C in the East and West. That's six teams right there. And there's a wild card uh, team from each. The wild card tiebreaker is points scored. And so the Cavs actually cost themselves a shot when they played Detroit yeah. earlier in the in-season tournament games because Detroit came back in that game and made it closer. And the Cavs started to rest some guys. But then the other night, they had to beat the Hawks, but they also had to run up the score. And you heard Darius Garland after the game say, like, I don't like that. I, I don't like having to run up the score. It's not part of who I am. Like, yes, you want to win, but that game was in full control. Sure. But I also don't like it because if this isn't an in-season tournament game, right, and it's just the Atlanta Hawks, our guys are out of that game way earlier than what they were, and you you decrease the risk of injury. We haven't seen anybody yet, knocking on wood, uh, go down, but it, I guess the thing is it's an even playing field for everybody because all the teams can do that. But at the same time, you do know, we've seen it before, in non-NBA in-season tournament games, when teams try to run up the score, other teams do not take kindly to that. And that's when you have scuffles the next time you play teams. It's when you have hard fouls. It's, I, I don't know. It's the first year for it. I'm not going to sit here and say I hate it. I'm not going to sit here and say I love it. I want to see it through. I think there's obviously a few things they can change and make better already. Um, what what things do you think they should change? I, I just think that maybe you need to make it so is it it's four games you play correct yes pool pool games maybe you make it eight maybe you play both teams home and away maybe that's more fair you take out the whole running up the score thing um but you know why the nba is not going to do that because points are fun scoring points are fun a lot of points a lot of makes are fun it's going to get viewership up it's it's tough to say I just think that's one thing you could do. I think it'd make it more fair to play both the Pacers at home and away in the in-season tournament atmosphere. We know we're going to play the Pacers again, but not in the in-season tournament aspect because they're in our division. I just, we'll see it through. We will see it through. I'm intrigued to see how this works. I know the first round team hosts at their place before they go to Vegas, or is it just the last two teams go to Vegas? I'm not sure. Uh, the final three in-season tournament games will be in Las Vegas uh, this coming week. So, yeah, it, it's it's that's kind of where I'm at. I need to see the actual turn tournament before I make a full judgment on the season. Because yeah. this year so far, it's been like, okay, if you're going to have something instead of just boring regular season games, then fine. But I, nothing that has been generated from or very little from this tournament that has been generated from the, the in terms of stories like, let's say, I don't know, um, the Kings making that comeback on Golden State or uh, uh, what's his name explaining why they had to have a technical foul against uh, in that Boston matchup because they had to like get the point differential the necessary. That's I'm not getting it. I'm not intrigued by that. I, I would much rather have it be like, OK, let's take the records at like a certain point of the season 
and just have these teams play a single elimination tournament in it could even be at like the first couple of rounds could be at a home team's location and then the final four is in Vegas but we can't really do that at the midseason point because we have the all-star break so uh we can't really do it at the quarter mark of the season because really that's just adding on to the year and like what would be what's three or four more games but then you're also adding the all these other in regular season games so like teams are going to have more wins on their record than other teams will that's where it gets confusing to me and then i just yeah. got to figure that out my that's that's on me i got to figure it out myself i'm just like all right it's a game it, like it does it's not for the actual championship itself it's for the nba cup which they're trying to make into this big thing and and i can see some teams maybe be like oh if they're if they're either struggling early on in the year or they're a team that's not expected to win as much as other teams are, and you make a run like this in the tournament, maybe you can that can jumpstart you into a, a big part of the latter portion of the season where you start to feel like you're more competitive. You can actually start competing against some of these teams. But I don't know. I'm I'm not sold. I'm not completely sold on this yet. I think it's more so because this is the first time in any American professional sports that we're trying something like this in the regular season. Obviously, uh, international soccer or football has stuff like this before. So it's, 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 it's Greek to me, essentially. No, but I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm jury's still out, but I'm still not holding up it, it too much. Uh, I got two more things here before we wrap up really quickly. Shane Bieber, uh, maybe on the trade block, Cincinnati and Chicago, the uh, Cubs might be in on it. I'm frustrated because I wanted to take this season to try and build up back up his stock after he missed a lot of time last year, wasn't as effective, but if he's not as effective this, this year too, then you're going to get even less stock than you would at this point in the off season. I'm not even upset that it's the fourth Cy Young award winner that we've given up in the last 15 years, potentially, but I don't know. I, I think I would rather hold on to him, let him build himself back up, try to compete with this Cleveland team. And if he gets traded, he gets traded. But if you're trading him now, you're essentially punting your best, overall pitcher starting pitcher and making Tristan McKenzie the number one unless you can trade for somebody I don't know I think that if they trade Shane Bieber I, I'm only going to be okay with it if we get an everyday major league player back in return major league player being like can contribute this upcoming season especially for like maybe like an offensive bat like a big a power bat exactly if they can't I, I'm with you you hold on to him because what was the biggest issue with the team last year? Health of the rotation. Now, look, you have Tanner Bybee. He's certainly blossomed into something special. Tristan McKenzie's going to be coming back. That Gavin Williams is going to come back. Gavin Williams, Logan Allen's coming back. Um, I mean, you have a, a, that's, that's a great top four right there. Bieber coming back, trying to rise his, raise his stock again. If you're in a spot to where you're kind of hanging around like we were this year at the trade deadline, yeah, maybe you trade Bieber if everybody else is healthy. You get somebody in return that you could use to make a push. Right. I don't know. Um, I just I, I don't want to see. I, I don't want to see something come across my phone that says the Guardians trade Shane Bieber for X-rated prospect well, because that doesn't help us now. Well, that's what I'd be okay with if it's if it's in this next trade deadline. Is that if you get this bigger package of players let's say a team is desperate to make a playoff run and they want it and they need pitching. I mm -hmm. think they'd be more willing to give up better prospects than they would at this point in the off season. Yeah. No, that, that, that part in season's fine. I'm saying right now in the off season, right, I, right, right, I, right. I don't want to see anything saying 
for prospect drafted in 21. It's like, well, that guy's not probably not going to help us this what, year. What about a triple a burgeoning, like soon to come up to the majors bat that could maybe supply some power. Cause we already have men. Mardoza, Mendoza, Ben Zardo, Ben Zardo, excuse me. Yeah. So somebody like that you're saying who, yeah, right? I don't know how many of those guys there are in, in, right. the, in the prospects market but, but yeah it looks like he has a very very good shot to make this roster with how he played in the fall i mean he was yeah. hitting absolute nukes because we just need we need a first baseman other than Naylor, who's probably going to be the dh at this point or, the, or yeah. an outfielder that that i could be okay with if, if it's a guy who's been in the minors who's ready to make the impact yes but i'm talking i'm not taking your third best prospect right, right, right. okay single a yeah i got you, you know what i mean like that Please, just no more middle infield prospects. Like, <laughs> no more time. outfielders. We have enough d- damn outfielders. Yeah. God. Third, yeah. Third base is locked down. That's Jose. Uh, really? Jimenez at second. Yeah. It, it's got to be uh, a first baseman, bullpen arms, or maybe one outfielder that you know is going to play every day if you're going to get rid of some others. But at the same time, they brought back Ramon Laureano uh, recently on a one-year deal, which I'm okay with that. Yeah. Are are they willing to admit they they made a mistake with Miles Straw? Like if they're willing to move off him, you're going to get a center fielder or a right fielder and put Oriano in center. Cool, sign me up, do it. Um, yeah, it, it's intriguing, but for the sake of where this team's at, for what we saw happen this year, I have now flipped my my take. I would keep Shane Bieber and go into 2024 with a healthy rotation with him being a part of the rotation. And you know what, Mitch, if this team needs him to make the playoffs this year, their next season, and we keep him and then lose him for nothing, but we make the playoffs, make a deep run. That's fine. I'm I'm fine with that. If we, if we stink and we don't trade him and hold on to him for no reason, that's where I could be a little upset, but uh, I'm, I'm in favor of keeping him now, at least until you get the right package. And from what we've seen from Cleveland, there's no reason to think the guardians would move him unless they get something that we know is going to help us in return. Have you checked in on someone yet today? This is your reminder, a simple text call or message. You don't have to be a professional to check in. You just have to ask and listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in dial nine, eight, eight, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a message from Stark County mental health and addiction recovery. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like nugs without the sauce. <gasps> Or a Frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level A. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. You deserve the best, and at Ferris Chevrolet Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. 
Care. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young and Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostrand Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. Ride into the future to win great prizes. Can you see into the Sarda crystal ball? Guess how we'll be innovating and adding new services to make your Sarda experience better than ever. Try your luck with the What's Next at Sarda contest at sardanext.com. One grand prize winner will win free bus rides for six months. Runners-up will win great Sarda merchandise like a Bluetooth speaker water bottle, backpack, and tumbler. And don't worry, they're all multiple choice questions. All part of Sarda 2-5. Happy Sardiversary! That's fair. And finally, this one just came across my desk a couple of minutes ago and I sent it over to you if I can get it on the screen here. Sports Illustrated, who's had quite a week if I'm going to be fair here, um, has named their Sports Person of the Year. Deion Sanders, primetime. Coach Prime is your Sports Person of the Year. Uh, I don't, I mean, I have some thoughts on it. I want to get yours as well, because this is, I'm, this is such a, the sports person is kind of like, okay, what big name in sports can we put on our cover basically and write a story about? And that's, and that's fair. I don't know about, like, I wouldn't have thought coach prime would have been there, but I mean, uh, I can kind of see it rejuvenated a program for like a couple weeks, got a lot of national attention and then lost like eight games in a row to end the year and is not even going to a bowl game. So that. I think it's, I think coming right off of the end of the year is a tough look for Colorado, but Hey, I mean, I guess congratulations to him, I guess. Yeah. I I think, I think it has more so to do with the attention he got brought to Colorado, right? This is a team that was terrible and with how they started, it looked like things were definitely turning around before they fell flat again. Um, They improved off the previous year's record by two three wins what they so, yeah they finished with four wins this year i believe i can't remember if they had one or not it was four it was four this year and in 2022 they won one game yeah so they, they improved by three wins that's yeah. improvement yeah. um you you look that stadium was sold out they're already starting to do renovations of the stadium i don't know if you saw they're doing a brand new scoreboard uh at, at where colorado plays in the stadium uh, this to me is more of a organizational thing by naming Deion Sanders sports person of the year instead of him getting it because he's just a good coach. And I, I do think Deion's a good coach. That's not a, not a shot whatsoever. Um, I, I think that's more so why he got it because you look at the attention on Colorado, you look at all the, all, all the attention brought to Colorado in the off season with all the documentaries on YouTube that you could follow from, uh, you know, the Colorado media I just don't know who else has actually won it. Who else this year would have been deserving of it? Yeah, um, it, it's it's tough. Sports Illustrated um, is in the business, I think, right now of no publicity is bad publicity. After the week they've had this week, mm. <laughs> um, this is going to get people talking. We're talking about it right now on a podcast based in Northeast Ohio, and yeah. I know for a fact other people are going to be talking about it across other media outlets in the country. Um, 
and I have a very good feeling Dion has the same approach of no pub is bad pub, uh, especially right. for the team he just took over. And so you don't have to like Dion. I know a lot of people don't like the way he coaches. Me personally, I would love to play for a coach like that that tells you what it is. I like being coached hard, but it doesn't hold a lot of weight. The only thing I'm curious now is uh, does the SI curse live on? Is Colorado just going to be bad again? Next? <laughs> and that was my Mitch. That was my first immediate thought when I saw Does this. Sportsmen like, oh, ever get the curse? I don't think who? sportsmen ever usually do. Yeah, but with where where SI has been this week, it's hard to imagine that the curse would be. Ah, uh, yeah. I have I have some people I have some friends who've written for that started writing for them recently, and I don't want to you know disparage their their employer, but it's like. Yeah, and I don't mind Dion either. I mean, I like I I think he's done some good things. And I really liked when it was that one player for Colorado State in that game where he knocked down um Travis Hunter with that admittedly pretty cheap shot. Yeah. Um he had he could, yes, he could have had every incentive to be like, you know, to to throw shade at that kid. He did like and, and those two kids made up. He kept a, a cool head and was like, no, that kid doesn't deserve the reaction that he got from like some people were sending him death threats and stuff. So I was like, you know what, Coach Prime, that's that's really good. That's I'm, I'm I respect you for that. And then but there are some things where I'm like, yeah, he might be he might be gone from this program once his sons go to the NFL. But time will tell. Who knows? I'm not going to put it on him just yet. But it is kind of funny to look at the world that we lived in two months ago when stuff like this was happening. That was, oh boy, that you talk about trying to get engagement. That's, that's something there, but you know, sports illustrated is going to do what it's going to do, but it could be worse. It could be dead spin. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching the big time sports podcast show. Uh, be sure to follow us on you know, all of our social medias, big time sports, Ohio.com. And yeah, you can follow us at Mitch Spinell at Mitchell Bell everywhere else. Be sure to find us here on YouTube, Apple podcasts and Spotify. Mitch, what is the fact of the day? Back to the day. Sure. Seven teams are being crowned state champions this week in Northeast Ohio. Fair enough. Already, but that's a fact. Well, imagine one of these games like, wasn't it that hockey state final a few years ago in Ohio that went like seven overtimes? And at the end, they were just like, forget it. You both win. You're good. You're, we're done. You both get a trophy. That'd be funny if like one of these games went into 10 overtimes. Just not tonight, please. Not tonight because I do work. Well, because uh, oh, well, I mean, Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna we're gonna keep this going. Thank you so much for listening or watching the Big Time Sports Podcast Show.